What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, exploring where Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins head coaching job positions amongst the 10 first-year NFL head coaches and their situations. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. And today on the show, we're going to give an, an assist to Bucky Brooks of NFL.com because his story that came out recently is the source of inspiration for today's show. Ten first-year NFL head coaches. And we're going to be exploring where the Dolphins after the offseason has come and gone, rank in several key categories. Uh, really excited to get into this uh, opportunity for, for some content, offseason content, obviously with the benefit of retrospect for what the offseason was. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, as we uh, get into this, it's important to note we did something similar along these lines before the Dolphins hired a coach, which was where does the Dolphins' vacancy rank across NFL teams? And if you remember that from earlier in the offseason, that, of course, was in January, Miami ranked uh, fairly high in that exercise. But now we've seen what the finished products look like. And then Bucky Brooks comes out and creates this story, uh, which is ranking the 10 NFL new head coaches and their situations 10 to 1. And I want to read through the names and I'll reveal Bucky's list and highly encourage you to still go check it out and, and make sure you see all the context that Bucky provides. But I'm going to read the list in his order Acknowledge where Mike McDaniel goes through and then go through some methodology of our own uh, that I used to kind of have some structure to this instead of just arbitrarily ranking them. And that's not to say that's what Bucky did. That's just he didn't necessarily show any work that went into his decision making process. I'm a very process oriented individual, obviously somebody who scouts uh, college football players and covers the draft. So it uh, made sense for me to have something systemic to work my way through and we're going to talk through. Uh, at number 10, Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans. This is Bucky Brooks of NFL.com's list. At number nine, Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears. Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars at number eight. Brian Dable of the New York Giants at number seven. Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings at number six. Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins. At number five, Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos at four. Then you have Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints at number three. Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders at number two. And Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number one. Here's what Bucky Brooks had to say about the Dolphins and Mike McDaniels specifically. Remember, this is not a ranking of the coaches themselves. 
the situations these coaches are in as first-year coaches with these respective teams is the scope and lens that we're looking at all of this through. The quirky running game specialist, a former assistant for Kyle Shanahan, takes over a program with a solid foundation in place. The Dolphins have a talented young roster with hidden gems all over the place. The team added more speed and explosiveness to the lineup this offseason with three-time All-Pro Tyreek Hill and a group of swift playmakers in Cedric Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and Chase Edmonds coming on board to join Jalen Waddle. McDaniel's creativity should make life miserable for defensive coordinators around the league via a dynamic running game and RPO package setting up big play opportunities. Although the performance of Tua Tungvalu is the key to the offensive success, the auxiliary pieces around the young quarterback give him a great chance to take a big step in year three. If the Dolphins QB1 makes any strides, it's hard not to envision the it's hard to envision the team missing out on the playoffs in McDaniel's debut campaign. Okay, great. So maybe you don't like the ranking at number five, uh, but the context, and, and oftentimes the context is more important than just the arbitrary number. As a guy who covers the draft, uh, that is so often prevalent where, yeah, you might not get the valuation right, but you got the evaluation right. And I don't, I'll say this. The Dolphins situation did not come in at number five in my list of 10 through one. So here's what I did. Here's what I did. I looked at five categories. Coaching staff, assistant staff to assist the head coach. The quarterback, the, the rest of the roster, your strength of schedule for 2022, and how much money your team spent in the 2022 offseason. And I ranked each of the 10 vacancies from 10 to 1 in those five categories. If you were first, you got 10 points. If you were last, you got one point. Now, there are some multipliers here, right? Because strength of scheduling quarterback and uh, assisting coaches, they're not, they're not all equal, right? So there, there are some arbitrary, some selected weights that were provided to put the greatest emphasis on how good your quarterback is. You know, there's a greater emphasis on how good your roster is as compared to uh, your strength of schedule. Uh, so the, there's two tiers here, right? Well, there's three tiers. Quarterback is the top tier by itself. Rest of roster and assistant coaches are tier two. And then tier three is strength of schedule and free agency and offseason spending in 2022. Five categories, a possible... 50, 60, a possible 70 points available to each of these 10 teams. Rank them 1 to 10 in each, inverse relationship. So let's talk our way through it. Uh, the assistant coaching staffs. Dolphins, some of the names that I had written down included Frank Smith, Daryl Bevel, John Embry, Josh Boyer, Danny Crossman. It's a pretty strong group. Um, you might not necessarily have that standout star assistant, uh, but you got to like Wink Martindale with the Giants and Pep Hamilton with the Houston Texans. Like those, Harold Goodwin, the assistant head coach in Tampa Bay, and Byron Leftwich, the OC, who, who's a pretty hot head coaching candidate. Pete Carmichael. These are some pretty strong individual assistants. Um, but I do think Miami's collective staff is above average. I look at Chicago, for example. Getze, Williams, Hightower are your three coordinators 
with a defensive, young defensive-minded head coach walking into a situation with very little talent on either side of the ball. Those coaches are going to have their work cut out for them big time. Uh, whereas New Orleans, with Pete Carmichael and Chris Richard and Doug Marone as your offensive line coach and Darren Rizzi as your special teams coordinator, that's that's the top one for me. New Orleans is one. Tampa Bay with Harold Goodwin, Byron Leftwich is two. Uh, Miami checks in sixth on this list. So I think that's important to note here. You know, I'm trying my best to be totally objective. I think the depth of the Dolphins' assistant group is probably more impressive than any one individual star or standout assistant coach, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I, I do think I will give Mike McDaniel a lot of credit for the staff that he was able to assemble and put together with a lot of guys with a lot of different experiences from a lot of different places. That's not easy to do as a first-year head coach or first-time head coach. We found that out the hard way the last time over a three-year sample size. So uh, Miami, sixth out of 10 for the assistant staff in its entirety was how I chose to rank them when looking at the significant uh, names. The other two who did finish above uh, Miami, aside of New Orleans and Tampa Bay, uh, the Giants with Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale, uh, that's a really good group of, of coordinators. Uh, on O&D for Brian Dable with the New York Giants. Uh, and then the Jaguars staff uh, that Doug Peterson did assemble, uh, I thought had a lot of really good names. Jim Bob Cooter, Mike McCoy, uh, some important, well-experienced, ex established pieces. And obviously that's all skewed, skewed towards building around Trevor Lawrence. So that's fine. Miami, 6th out of 10. The quarterback situation. Of course, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. The Dolphins, Tua Tungvaloa, Jameis Winston in New Orleans, that other really high-ranking one. Uh, the rest of the group, uh, Davis Mills in Houston, Justin Fields in Chicago, Daniel Jones in New York, uh, Derek Carr in Las Vegas, Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings, Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos, that, of course, being a big trade that happened uh, this past offseason. So, uh, I think it's, again, important for me to acknowledge that I wasn't Homer, but I also try to, there's a little bit of projection that's required here. Even if you are not a fan of Tua Tungvaloa, even if you don't, you don't think there's any chance he's going to be the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins for an extended period of time, and he's the answer at the quarterback position. You're probably going to have a hard time convincing me. I would love to hear your argument, but you had a hard time convincing me that he's not worse than, or that he is worse than Davis Mills, that he's worse than what Justin Fields was last year, and looking at the situation that Justin Fields is playing in this year, that he's worse than Daniel Jones with all the ball security issues that Daniel Jones has had throughout the course of his career to this point in time. Trevor Lawrence was not a better football player than Tua Tagovailoa was last year. Of course, the one game he looked like the number one overall pick was when he played the Dolphins, because of course it was. Why would it not be? That's, that's just the Dolphins for you. Uh, and then Jameis Winston, 
you could probably flip a coin here. You know, if Jameis is healthy and he plays within the system that Sean Payton had him playing in early in the year last year, I'd probably rank him above Tua. But Jameis was hurt, missed the back half of the season, is notorious for ball security issues. I put Tua above him. Uh, but I did not put him above Tom Brady. I did not put him, put him above Russell Wilson. I did not put him above Derek Carr. And I did not put him above Kirk Cousins. Say what you will about Kirk Cousins. I know he's kind of one of those caricatures of quarterbacks because he's constantly getting paid a ton of money. But um, I put two a sixth. Even if you, if you wanted to put him fifth, I wouldn't argue with you. If you wanted to put him fourth, I'd say, okay, you're a, or excuse me, if you wanted, yeah, you wanted to rank him fourth with one being the worst if you wanted to give him four points i'd say okay you're banking on a huge blow up from trevor lawrence uh, but i think the two names that i probably gave the dolphins and Tua tongue below the benefit of the doubt of Jameis winston who's coming off an injury and ball security issues and trevor lawrence who was horrendously bad last year you could tell me Tua ranked fifth you could tell me you ranked sixth you could tell me you ranked seventh i probably wouldn't argue with you on any of those uh, but further down than seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth, you put somebody above that I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy what you're selling personally. Uh, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Dolphins listeners get fifty dollars off purchases of five hundred dollars or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On Plus. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So the Dolphins threw uh, two of these exercises. Checking in fifth in both of them. I forgive the ignorance. Um, I said six. That's the amount of points that they got for both. So Miami's coaching staff ranked fifth, and their quarterback situation for me ranked fifth out of the 10 first-year coach situations. So middle of the pack through the first two. And again, these are two of the three that were weighed higher than the bottom tier. Then you get to the rest of the roster. And I'm not going to do the run-through of every single roster that is here. Uh, we'd be here all day. But here's what I can and here's what I will tell you. Uh, the Dolphins roster is amongst the best in this category, this third of the league. Uh, they are near the top of the list. And if Bruce Arians did not decide to step down proactively, to get out in front of and give Todd Bowles, one of his assistants, a better chance to have sustained success in Tampa Bay. Uh, if Tampa wasn't on this list, Miami would be right there in the thick of it at the top. I did put New Orleans's roster in front of Miami's. I think they're a little bit stronger in the trenches. I think they have a couple more established stars on defense, whereas Miami, you are projecting for growth. But I would put Tampa and New Orleans' rosters ahead of Miami's, not including the quarterback, because that's a separate category we discuss separately. There ain't another roster on this list I would even hold to that. Again, not excluding quarterbacks. I put uh, the Denver Broncos at seven. They got really good wide receiver core. They got a good running game. 
They got a couple good pieces on the offensive line. Uh, they've got a couple standout players in the secondary. Uh, Pat Sertain the second and Justin Simmons. Bradley Chubb is a pass rusher. Uh, but that front seven is looking a little hollow. I think Miami's roster is more complete than Denver's, and then I would put the Raiders uh, at fifth. Uh, the Vikings at six. The Giants at seven. The Jaguars at eight. The Bears at nine. And the Texans at ten. Again, that's, that's just kind of having the luxury of having some level of lexicon and, and comfort level with the entire league from, from doing draft work. Uh, I felt pretty comfortable with this exercise and uh, the top three rosters of he head coach vacancies that have been filled this off season, Tampa Bay at one, which was extenuating circumstances facilitated by Bruce Arians, New Orleans saints, who I think are just a little bit more complete. And then the Miami dolphins. Let that sink in. Because there's there's not a lot of rosters outside of this list, and this is a third of the league that I would put out in front of Miami either. This is a really strong roster. You you need health from Teron Armstead. You need Connor Williams to be the stabilizing force that you thought he was uh, when you signed him, and then entertain the idea of playing him at center. But if you get that, the young guys take a step. Even if you get replacement level starter play from one of your two young question marks on the offensive line, that would give you four stable starters. You ain't going to get five all pros up front. I can tell you that. Uh, strength of schedule. This is where uh, th this one was nice. Well, actually, I would say that the last two were nice because it was a little bit more objective instead of subjective. Uh, you, you got a very clear illustration uh, of how these teams all ranked in these two categories. Strength of schedule. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a 535 strength of schedule win percentage from opponents last year uh, is the most difficult schedule on this list. The second most difficult schedule on this list. There's a tie between the Raiders and the Saints uh, at a 528 opponent win percentage. The fourth most difficult schedule on this list, the Denver Broncos with a 509 opponent win percentage. The fifth, the Houston Texans. That's a tough break. Texans, last place team. Uh, fifth most difficult opponent strength of schedule. Uh, with a 488 opponent win percentage. Minnesota Vikings with a 484 opponent win percentage coming in at number sixth most difficult. The Dolphins, the seventh most difficult opponent strength of schedule with a 481 opponent win percentage. Uh, Chicago Bears, 471 opponent win percentage. Jacksonville Jaguars, 469 opponent win percentage. New York Giants, 465 opponent win percentage. So. The Dolphins get seven points here. And this is important to note because they got eight points plus the multiplier on the roster. And they were middle of the pack in the first two. They were fifth in the first two. So the Dolphins threw four of these five. And if you remember what the last one is, you should probably have some level of expectation on how they're going to finish here. 
although there's no more multipliers. These are the two kind of tier three categories that we chose to measure these situations by. Uh, the Dolphins have been in the top half of every single one of these categories. Even if assistant coaching staff and quarterback, you would typically associate as ones that are, are you would love to have be at the front of the pack. And yeah, of course you would. But um, Tom Brady unretired and Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. And uh, that changes a lot of the dynamics of these vacancies. Which brings us to free agent spending. The team who spent the most this offseason was the Jacksonville Jaguars of these, these 10 teams. $271 million spent in free agency alone. It's a lot of coin. The Dolphins were second with $170 million spent in free agency. They spent $101 million less than the Jaguars in free agency alone. Uh, the Broncos are third on this list with 124. So almost $50 million less than what Miami spent was what the Broncos spent, and they were third. The Saints make all the jokes you want about the salary cap ain't real, all that jazz, blah, 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 blah. $105 million. They were fourth on this list. Fifth, Las Vegas Raiders, $99 million. The Vikings, $94 million. The Buccaneers, $77 million. The Texans, $71 million. Come on, guys, you're not paying anybody. The Chicago Bears, $58 million. Speaking of not paying anybody, go take a look at that roster. And then the New York Giants spent $48 million. Cap problems, cash problems. So Miami gets nine points out of a possible 10 for spending. All we have left to do is stack it. Just add the numbers up. Now, I didn't give you guys exactly how I chose to break out the weights for your tier one, which was quarterback, your tier two, which was rest of roster and assistant coaching staff group, and tier three, which was strength of schedule and off-season spending, because I wanted a little bit of dramatic effect. Would love to know what you were thinking if you were betting on where the Dolphins were going to rank here in this situation. Perhaps uh, our friends at Bet Online someday will give us some props for Locked On Dolphins. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports development, league news, and reviews, including this year's NHL Finals, Major League Baseball, NFL Futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So in the spirit of how Bucky Brooks originally presented this information, I presented his list. We went from 10 to 1, 10 being the worst and 1 being the best situation for a first-year head coach with their new respective team. We're going to do the same thing. I'm going to reveal the, the points that were earned. Remember, there is a possible 70 points in this exercise. Coming in at number 10, just like on Bucky Brooks's list, Lovey Smith, with a possible 16 out of 70 points. Not a math guy but that's not great. Coming in at number nine on Locked On Dolphins' list, just like on Bucky Brooks' list, 
Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears with a possible 18 and a half out of 70 points. Also, not ideal. But here's where things get interesting because there's an exponential leap. Like, number eight has almost twice as many points as number nine. And things get very competitive because spots eight through four are separated by less than nine total points. 35 points for an eighth place and 43 and a half points for fourth place. So this is a very jumbled, competitive group, if you will. Coming in at number eight on my list was Brian Dable of the New York Giants and the situation that he is in with the Giants. Dable ranked seventh on Bucky Brooks's list. Coming in at number seven on my list was Las Vegas Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, this team did not spend a ton of money. They have an incredibly difficult strength of schedule. And I do think that their uh, supporting staff of coaches is a little top-heavy. And I thought their roster ranked in the middle of the group. They have some impact skill players. There's no question between Darren Waller, Devontae Adams. They got some really, really nice offensive pieces to go with Derek Carr, who's one of the better quarterbacks on this list. But I do look at the defensive side of the ball and the division that they play in, and that could be a bit of a hardship for them. Obviously, they have Max Crosby as a big breakout player, but it's a team game, right? So the Raiders, uh, Josh McDaniels finished with 39 and a half points. That was uh, four spots away from fourth place, though. And that was the spot uh, McDaniels challenged for. He actually finished second on Bucky Brooks's list. So I'll, I'll pipe down and go back to reading my list now. Uh, coming in at number six on my list was Kevin O'Connell of the Minnesota Vikings with 40 points out of a possible 70. Kevin O'Connell also ranked sixth on Bucky Brooks's list. So uh, through the bottom five of my personal list, the one that we – Disagreed dramatically on with my process, which we've gone over, and Bucky's list was Josh McDaniels of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, coming in at number five for me was Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, the team spent a ton of money. They have a very low strength of schedule, uh, and I thought they had one of the best supporting uh, assistant coaching staffs assembled out of this group. So those three things combined – uh, Jacksonville finishing fifth out of a possible 10 with 42 out of 70 points, two points ahead of Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings. So we've revealed six of the 10 names now. And what I can tell you is Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins are ranking higher on this list in this exercise than what they did on Bucky Brooks's list. And it's going to keep going. We're not done yet because Nathaniel Hackett, is fourth on my list, just like he was on Bucky Brooks's list, with 43 and a half points. Team was hurt with strength of schedule, and they were hurt by a very new, um, underwhelming, in my opinion, group of assistant coaches. I think you look at all of their coordinators, and there's some significant questions uh, that exist there. Uh, the, the resume of Hackett himself uh, is really what sold him 
uh, on getting that job. I think that defense is primed for a big-time regression, however, with mentioning the front seven already and obviously the departure of Vic Fangio, who was the previous head coach. Uh, Denver still well-respected here uh, with this fourth-place rating, which is exactly where Bucky Brooks had them as well. Now there's three names left, and we're going to keep going because number three on my list, just like on Bucky Brooks's list, was Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints. Number two on this list, Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins behind only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay got 53.5 out of a possible 70 points. Miami, 49. Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints, 48. So even if you are a two-a-tongue-of-a-loa doubter, and if you are, that's that's fine. You know, it it is one of those things where everybody's going to have an opinion. And your opinion is not likely to change uh, until we get more information. But here's what I will tell you. When we went through quarterbacks, I said, if you told me Tua Tungvaloa was sixth on this list, you told me he was seventh on this list, you told me he was fifth on this list, I wouldn't have too much of an argument for you. But I put him fifth. If you flip Tua Tungvaloa and drop him to seventh, in which case he would only be in front of Davis Mills, Justin Fields, and Daniel Jones. The Dolphins are still third on this list with 45 points. The Saints would jump up to 50 points, and of course Tampa Bay would be untouched because their quarterback ranking would not have changed at 53 and a half. But I gave them 49. The Saints have 48. And the only vacancy and the situation that that coach is in, in its entirety, Looking at it systemically in this exercise, which does not encapsulate everything that goes into a situation, I get it. But it gives you enough to paint a couple broad strokes and a couple more specific strokes. Through this process, in my opinion, only the head coaching change that was facilitated by a Super Bowl winning head coach wanting to leave an important legacy and set his assistants up for success in Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians is a better situation than what the Dolphins currently have at their disposal in its entirety. And we didn't even talk about future draft capital or anything like that. It's not a bad place to be. And even if you're more cynical on Tua Tungvaloa, they're top three. And the team that jumps them is the New Orleans Saints, who's in the NFC side of things. It's going to be a fun season, man. I am very excited uh, to get to training camp, which is a little over a month away. I'm very excited for what the rest of this week has to offer here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope you plan accordingly and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for watching or listening to your team every day here on Locked on. Locked on Dolphins. Cheers. Make it a great Monday. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.